It's not Tell like Steve to send me some more uh, some more lock thoughts. Oh, did he send you some? No. Sorry, what? What? I need some dots for my keyboard. Oh. I can't find. I got them somewhere. I don't know where they are. Option mm -hmm. Y should be just at the left of your space bar. No, option Y is w one over. Oh, is it? The oh. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I got a leapfrog one. It's the Y that I sometimes, you know. That's beside the T and, be and beside the U, right in the middle. Again, I got no dot. I got no dots, man. How long you been doing alone? This? Leave her alone. <laughs> Leave her she alone. She wants dots. She wants some dots. Oh, Let her have her dots. Fine. Jeez Louise. He's like it's next to the f T. That's right. You moron. Wow. How many keywords do you need to use to know where the? What are you blind? Exactly. What are you blind? You can't see the damn why. I'm telling you, this is what happens when we record shows on Mondays. Get a large print Brian's, keyboard. Brian's Jeez. always grumpy. <laughs> Recording in progress. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Shoot, I forgot my new, hold on, hold on, wait. <laughs> See, this is why we edit the show. This is, of course, a podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today, the legendary Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hello. We're not worthy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> And of course, Mr. Steve Barkley. Hello, hello. That would be. I'm me. sorry, you didn't get an adjective. I, I, I'll make it up to you next week. I'll give you two. Oh, goody. Uh, <laughs> and of course, as per usual, Miss Liz Malone. Hey, everybody. Also, no adjective. Now he's got to come up with four. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of work. I'm already dreading next week. So what happens you record on Mondays. Uh, hey, how are you guys? Fantastic. Wonderful. Legendary. Ooh. <laughs> you copied that. Go with your own adjective. Uh, well, excellent. Well, listen, I am really excited about today's show. I know I say that every week, but truly, I am. I dressed up. I wore socks for this episode. Nice. Because, Ryan, what are we talking about and who are we talking to? Today we are speaking with Ardra Shepard, who is the host of the show Fashion Dis on AMI. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, I really am. I, um, I, I looked up your podcast because I thought I better see who these oh. guys are. Um, before I'm a guest on the show. And I was maybe like eight or nine minutes in to some kind of banter podcast that I was relieved to discover was the wrong podcast. <laughs> we are too. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah like, like starting on a first date or something. And I was just like, I'm not sure what AMI is set up for me here. I oh, think I'm funny. in the wrong room so um so yeah then i found your actual 
podcast and uh, I did listen to some so uh, it was great and I am I maybe I'm excited but also relieved <laughs> we did run into that problem I did notice when we after we named the show we did realize that man there's a lot of uh, podcasts shows. that have banter in the title uh, this could be a problem for us and clearly it has been <laughs> um, well listen why don't we start things off by giving us a little background on on yourself um, and then also just like a, a little bit of a snapshot of, of just uh, of, of the show Fashion Diffs and, uh, and what it is and, and how it all works. Sure. Uh, so my name is Ardra. I have multiple sclerosis, which is uh, a disease of the spinal cord and the optic nerve. And uh, it's like, I don't know, I hate explaining this disease. I suck at it. I'm not a doctor, but it's like basically whatever can go wrong. Uh, might go wrong, <laughs> the, the, whatever your central nervous system controls, which I feel like is basically everything. Um, I have lived with MS uh, for 20 years, but it's a progressive disease. So um, for many, many years, my illness was invisible, uh, which I mean, is it like a weird way to describe illness when um, symptoms, I guess, aren't apparent to the outside world, although they're very obvious to the people living with them. And then um, I would say maybe six or seven years ago, my illness started to worsen to the point where I needed mobility aids. And the experience for me of becoming visibly disabled was very jarring because uh I, people responded to me differently and it was a bit of an identity crisis even just looking for fashionable role models who were mobility aid users and so um i feel like this is a super long-winded no, answer no. To, to like get to the point of of sort of how the idea for fashion disc the show came to be but it was really born of this early struggle that I had to see myself represented in the fashion and beauty world. Um, and, uh, you know, like I gave myself a glow up uh, in the beginning. I hired a photographer and a stylist and a makeup artist. And I thought if I'm not seeing these images of people with mobility aids uh, out there, I'm going to create some. And, and I, I did that. And um, it was a really rewarding experience. I wrote an article for Exo Mag or Exo Jane magazine back in the day, and I brought in a couple of girlfriends of mine who also had MS, um, and and made them part of the experience. Like made them over and and included them in the photo shoot, and it had such a profound impact on all three of us. I was like, how how can how can we give this to everyone uh, with a disability? So that's kind of the long the long answer to your question. And so how, how does, what, what exactly is the show? Like how, what, what kind of genre would you kind of uh, describe it as? Yeah, so it's unscripted. The show is, it's basically a makeover show. So we take participants who have a disability and we give them a makeover and then we do a photo shoot, like a high fashion photo shoot at the end, which is a really important element for us because um, you know, there's there aren't high fashion images really of people with disabilities that exist. So for us, it was about having this experience on television, but then also adding to the small but hopefully growing canon 
of high fashion images that do include people with disabilities. So now, when, now did you pitch the show to AMI or did they, did they come to you? Like, how did that all work? Uh, I pitched the show to AMI. Andrew Morris of AMI had become aware of me actually because of that ExoJane article. And I think this was like 20, 2018, I want to say. So in a very short amount of time, things have changed quite dramatically on social media, especially. It is really a place where there is a lot of positive disability representation that we don't necessarily see in mainstream media, but in social media, that movement has has grown so much, I would say, especially in the last two years. But in 2017, I couldn't find any images. This was like pre Selma Blair at the Oscars party with her cane when she revealed her own MS. Like literally, I was Googling like uh, cane style and pimp my walker and celebs with disabilities. And it was like coming up crickets. And so things have changed a lot since then. But um, when Andrew first approached me, it's because he had seen something that I had written and was interested in my point of view and said like, hey, uh, do, is there, do you want to make a TV show? And I was like, no, uh, I hadn't thought of it. It hadn't really <laughs> occurred to me. Um, and But I guess, you know, um, we, we had some meetings and some discussions and I thought, you know what, like this, this could be a good idea. There are a million makeover shows and like this has never actually been done. And I feel like people with disabilities are actively excluded from this uh, from this genre. And I, I, I think it's uh, there was there's place for it. And I think there's a market for it. And the show uh, has been, has done really well or is doing really well. I um, I saw an interview with you that where you said something really interesting to me, and it, it sort of spoke to me because I feel the same way. You said that the best way to change hearts and minds is through storytelling. Um, in the life of this podcast, you know, when we first started the podcast, we were, we're, we're we, the plan was we were just going to make an assistive technology show. It's all going to be about technology and assistive technology because that's where our our sort of all our expertise uh, was. And what we quickly found is that it was so much more rewarding for us and for the audience when we started talking to, to members of the community and, and hearing people's stories and, and having them share their stories. And really, that's, that's how this show has evolved. So that really stood out to me. Um, given that and that, that you feel that way, was the, the makeover part of of the show was that kind of always the plan because that really does it really drives home this idea of you're taking this person on this personal journey over the course of whatever a day however it, however long it takes to film an episode and you you get to see that person and, and you know transition and and really react in the in this really personal way was that kind of always the plan a hundred percent i think that you know we know the difference between right and wrong. Like, I think we know on some level what we're supposed to do, but we don't do it. And we suck as a society about accessibility um, and about just making the world a better place for people with disabilities. And I think that 
the the way to change that isn't by just like yelling and preaching that we have to do this because it's the right thing. We have to make people care and we have to make people care about people with disabilities. And maybe if you don't know a lot of people, you probably know more people with disabilities than you think you do, um, because I think our understanding of the word is a bit warped. But if you don't know a lot of people with a lot of different different disabilities, you might not be totally aware of what those barriers are. And I think media and storytelling and television and film are so powerful um, in the way that they let us feel like we know someone and then we care about them. And that's how things change. And I think we've seen this so powerfully with other marginalized communities that the disability community needs to tap into that a little bit, a lot bit. <laughs> <laughs> How do you find the participants? Now, is this, do they reach out to you? Did you put out a call? Yeah, like, so we just, we did a casting call and, you know, we, of course we've seen disability stories in media before. And this show for us was as much about uh, what we didn't do as what we did do. So it's a makeover show, but the show is not about fixing people at all. We set out um, a, a casting call to invite participants to apply and to tell us what their style challenges are as they relate to having a disability. So we already understand that there's, there's a representation piece that's missing, but what are your particular style obstacles that, that we can address? So for seated body types, there are considerations with fit and with seams. For people with dexterity issues, there can be um, issues with buttons and zippers. Footwear is a nightmare for, for somebody who wears a prosthesis or, or any, any number of things that, um, are not marketed to or addressed in a in a mainstream way and so that's part of the this the the fashion story part of it is is addressing those needs but you know we weren't looking to use um our participants stories to talk about um their conditions their illnesses or their disabilities these are just you know um I love quoting our producer, Kara, who always says, you know, if if I'm overweight, then um, that's a barrier for me to sometimes find the clothes that I want to wear. You don't have to know why or how I gained the weight to know that I have a barrier to finding the clothes I want to wear. And it was the same for our disability participants. It's, it's nobody's business uh, why somebody uses a wheelchair uh, or, or anything. So we, you know, there's no B-roll sad violin music of somebody's backstory to make you feel sorry for our participants. It's really about celebrating who they are in this moment and watching them discover uh, products that are tailored and designed for them and then seeing them celebrated in these high fashion images in the reveal. Well, and you guys did a really good job of that as well, because, you know, I've watched all the episodes and whether it's a pair of shoes that nobody thought was possible that they'd be able to wear or find, 
or you know like you talked about you know shirts and pants you know shirts with magnets instead of buttons you know people talk about their experience shopping for clothing that is going to fit them or their style or having to shop in the in the children's section at the stores you know it's it's frustrating to hear these stories but you guys don't dwell on the disability you guys are looking at the champion of what's what's happening in the industry you know your um clothing designer i guess i'll call her izzy talks about just doing a google search and year after year there's more and more companies that are actually paying attention to adaptive fashion so you guys did a really good job on not focusing on the disability and focusing on the confidence boost that being able to find adaptive fashion is making in people's lives yeah, thank you. And I, it was it was never about hiding disability or or downplaying it. I mean, we definitely wanted everyone's individuality to come through in their photos and to see um, the experience as positive and empowering. And also just to see that, you know, I think with as somebody with a disability, it's like we are often expected to settle for scraps. And so it's really nice to become more aware of, of, of nice things that are, are catered just to this community. Can you speak a little bit to your personal love for fashion and how you were inspired to take on a project like this? Yeah, I mean, I've always loved dressing up and fashion. I think anybody who wears eyeglasses knows that there are thousands of choices uh, because the things that we attach to our bodies give us an opportunity to express our identities and to express who we are. And so I've always had fun with clothing and, and fashion and, and just to circle back to the eyeglasses, you know, eyeglasses are a tool that help somebody see just the way a rollator or a walker is helps me walk and uh, we don't stigmatize th that tool in the same way that we do mobility aids. And so I'd really love to see a shift happening there. And I'm working hard to to try and make that happen. But um, I think that for many people with visible disabilities, it can be it's a point of frustration for me personally when somebody I doesn't somebody I don't know asks me what's wrong or what happened or can I pray for you and it happens a lot and so I feel like my my instinct to dress with confidence and even to be a bit extra is sort of um it's it's even stronger because you know if my d disability is the first thing that speaks for me I feel like uh, it doesn't always have something good to say. And if I can use fashion to present an image to the world that says like, don't, don't feel sorry for me. Like I'm, I'm good. That's, that's a little bit of armor for me, if that makes sense. And I, I think it's interesting to see how, how the fashion industry is really taking on that challenge because as, as you know, uh, you brought up the example of the eyeglasses and how there are thousands of choices out there. But you know what? It's taken even a long time to get 
eyeglasses that fit different shapes of faces. Like I have a very low bridge, tiny little nose. And so my glasses have to hang on for dear life again, uh, uh, around my ears. <laughs> and it took me years and, until glasses makers started to say, wow, there are people who really have small bridges and maybe we need to accommodate for different facial profiles. And as you know, as, uh, as well as most women, especially that Gosh, I mean, you couldn't find like plus sizes in, in a lot of fashions or they thought like that, oh, if you make it for, um, you know, uh, a small, a smaller frame, we just have to make it shorter. It's like, no, the proportions are all different. And for larger women, it's like, no, we don't need to just drape things on us. No, we want to have things that actually fit our bodies. So in, in, in that respect, there's been so much progress that's been made. And now it is so promising to see that designers are making that effort to now look at the next generation of well we need we need things to fit all types of body types body abilities uh different uh, accommodations different um you know um as you said adaptive uh equipment that we use and it's i think it's 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 amazing that your show is really honing in on that in such a such a very positive way and bringing more attention to such an important issue i think the idea that there's only one narrow way to be beautiful is so antiquated and 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 it's it's becoming less less popular i mean i think that you know social media can be a garbage fire of a place of course but that's, it, that's putting it nicely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, but it also has um, democratized who gets a say, you know? And so I think more and more the gatekeepers of, of who gets to say what's cool are, are changing. And so I'm, that's, I, that's exciting. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of seeing the culture shift in a way that is welcoming to everyone. I want to circle back and talk a little bit about something that you, you briefly mentioned before, because one of the things that really stood out to me when I was watching that differentiated it from other makeover shows is how much you involve um, the participant in the development of their own look. I've never seen a, a, a makeover show where they sit them down and be like, okay, look, what do you what do you want? Like, what's the, what's this inner you that you want to bring out? Um, how important is that to the process and sort of how did that come about? Why did you think it was important to sort of go that route? It's so important. And again, the show is, was never meant to be about fixing anyone. It really is a celebration of what is different what is unique about you and so it, it it couldn't be prescriptive it couldn't be us telling the participants here's how to be beautiful it's us saying what do you need and let us help you find it yeah and i love that i i, I really do and i also think that that i, I think that helps in, in a variety of different ways not like a lot of these makeover shows you'll watch and they'll make over some guy and he looks great at the end of the episode, but you just know that a week later he's he's back in cargo shorts and flip flops and you know a ripped T-shirt. None of this is, has really taken hold because it's not it, it's not who he is. He doesn't feel that ownership to this new look, and I feel like that's 
part of this too is that you're you're sort of building something that can be sustainable for for the participants i think what was the most important for me because as much as i do love to get dressed up i do live in my track pants like 88 percent of the time uh, and so what i really wanted was for each of our participants to have those photos as a reference point and to also be able to share those photos so that the people that look like them can see examples of themselves and can say, wow, she looks like a babe. I must be a babe too. How hard is it for you guys to find some of this adaptive clothing? Uh, I think the industry is growing all the time. And everyone we approached was super excited to be on board and to participate. So uh, not not that hard, I guess, is like the the surprising answer. Maybe I know you guys are going to talk to Izzy Camilleri. She's been designing adaptive clothing now, I want to say 10 years, and I'm not sure, but she's kind of the OG for sure. Uh, in this in this world. And uh, it's just now in the last couple of years starting to take off more and more. But, you know, we had clothing and shoe brands and mobility aids and beauty tools and makeup and um, the products are there and and everyone jumped in really quickly and wanted to be involved in this project. And I, I love that. What I love about it is that it just goes to really show you that almost anything can be adapted you know with a little bit of ingenuity uh just every and we can we can be making so many things accessible um like just from the get-go from the foundation up that is, is going to appeal to to everyone a great example I, I watched the episode um with the fella in in a chair and um talking about um, uh, a dress shirt that had magnets um, for buttons, even though they, they, you know, on the outside it looked like they're they're regular buttons, but they're actually magnets, so that it it makes it easier to to take off and put on. And I thought, you know what? That's just how shirts should work. <laughs> like just all shirts. Like why not? Amen. Like if they if it looks like you're all buttoned up, who cares if it's if it's <laughs> magnet? Like think of the uh, time we would save <laughs> totally like it's just ridiculous that it's not like that i mean um, i do you know, feel sometimes like it does seem like things are just designed to be shittier like to be more yeah, frustrating totally. than they need to be right like yeah yeah and, and same with like you know stuff that i didn't even think about like things like um makeup makeup tools and stuff i don't know how to call them tools i'm sure they're not called tools but but you know what I mean? Like adaptive, adaptive makeup. Um, there's so many things out there that um, could really, you know, make a huge difference. It's just you, you just need to find um, the right manufacturer that's going to be willing to take the chance and, and to start putting some of this stuff out. Yeah. And just the creative brains behind them. And it, just even that point um, with the, the makeup brush that Bella makes in one of the episodes where um the handle isn't round it's got an edge so when you drop it it doesn't roll under the toilet and you find it six years later i feel like that's like <laughs> relative for everyone <laughs> so that's where my makeup my makeup brushes okay <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> mystery solved <laughs>
Yeah, I think ultimately it's all about convenience. And, you know, are we starting to see any of these, whether it be makeup accessories or clothing, show up in any mainstream retail outlets? I mean, I haven't been to a mall in a very long time. Sure. Thank you, COVID. I, wanna, I will give props to Fashion Magazine, which is Canada's uh, preeminent glossy fashion magazine. They do a fantastic job of incorporating all kinds of diversity in every issue. And they've, there's something relevant to disability in every issue. And they're not, uh, you know, it's not like the special once a year disability issue. It's just part of their MO now. And so, yeah. And I mean, that's a super mainstream magazine. Uh, so I love to see that. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's happening. I think the culture is changing bit by bit, but yeah, I can't really speak to that. We can't walk into sport check though yet and, <laughs> and find a pair of shoes with zippers or Walmart and find a men's dress shirt with magnets. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that was surprising for me was how little our participants knew of a lot of these brands that are mm -hmm. out there doing this work and the technology that does exist. So you know, a lot of these companies are small startups. And so to get like that marketing that is targeted and niche is, I mean, I can't speak to how, how they're doing that, but it was surprising uh, to me to know that even somebody who has lived with uh, disability their whole lives are not as aware of these brands. So it was exciting for us to be able to share that information for sure, but it, it does need to be you know, um, I shared the show with my physiatrist and everyone thinks I'm mispronouncing psychiatrist when I say that. <laughs> she is a physiatrist. So she deals with spinal cord injuries and it, I, I describe her as you know, if my neurologist treats my disease, my physiatrist helps me figure out how to live with it. So she works with uh, people who have spinal cord injuries and um, you know, she can prescribe medications and, and different tools and things, but I think it would be great for her to know about some of these companies. I definitely sent her the show, so she uh, she's on it. But, you know, it's like, does it come from the clinic? Does it come from even um, the physician to be um, advising people of what is available? Because, yep. you know, these lifestyle interventions are not, I mean, fashion, we think it sounds like a nice to have or like superficial or whatever, but it's not. These are our identities. And I think people who are disabled, sometimes society can make it feel like disability is the only identity that we're entitled to. And that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so but I think like fashion and, and beauty and feeling seen and being able to express yourself, these things, and also to be comfortable and safe in your clothing um, are, are really important parts of the human experience and quality of life issues. Yeah, and I would say that, you know, this is, again, this is, this is a really co important component of the show. And the work that you guys are doing is, is that education piece. We find that all the time um, with assistive technology, which is, which is where, you know, most of us are, are familiar with. Um, a lot of times people don't even know that there are solutions out there for a particular problem that they're having because they've, they've spent all their life not even realizing, like just being told that there's no solution for their particular problem. And 
when you're told that all the time, you just stop looking. And so you don't even, you're completely gobsmacked when somebody presents you with, oh yeah, there's, hey, look, there, there are such a thing as magnetic buttons. Um, and, it, and it can be something so simple that can make such a, a large impact in somebody's day-to-day -day life. It blows my mind how many things I've had to hack and figure out on my own. Um, I have a pretty healthy social media presence and I share these hacks all the time and it, and then I get the same response from people of things that they didn't know existed. And yeah, it's really gross. And I, I don't know if it's that, you know, the healthcare system is under-resourced, you have 15 minutes with your specialist and they can't possibly go through all, all of these things, but yeah, it is really unfortunate when when you find there are these things that can be really helpful, but we just need to know about them. I don't know what the answer to that is. Well, and I think oh. most people look at the condition, right? Not the identity and how to either work with the condition. Identity is not even mentioned, I'm assuming. I don't know that for a fact, but nobody's talking about, you know, changing your hair color, adaptive fashion. They're talking about you need this type of wheelchair and this type of cushion and, you know, ABC, you're going to need a ramp here and so on and so forth. Nobody's looking at or talking to the person. I would say that those conversations aren't even as thorough as they could be. So when I first needed a walker, I, I had to figure that out on my own. And yeah. I remember going to the medical supply store and the, and finding like just this awful looking device. Right. Um, but it converted to um, a transport chair and there were two. There was one that was horrible and ugly and one that was cool and stylish. Like it looked, it looked mm. good, but I didn't, buy it the first time I was there because the uh, salesperson didn't know how to work it, didn't know how to set it up properly. <laughs> and so when I tried it, I was like, if I put any bit of weight on it, it was tipping over. I was like, this is a piece of crap. Right. Um, yeah. And so I, I left with the other device, um, mm. but it wouldn't fit in the trunk of the car. It was like a whole, it was a nightmare. I took it back and then I did more research, more research. And, yeah. and then um, I discovered through watching videos of, of the company online that the, the salesperson didn't know how to set up the device pro properly. I went back, you know, another 45 minute drive to get it and, and eventually I got it. But just like the lack, that seems like a basic thing that you would have a lot of guidance and help You're with, right. you know, but um, yeah, and I mean, I think I'm a pretty resourceful person, but I think, yeah, there's there's some problems in the system for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know what? I really do think at the end of the day, it's not the system that's going to really get us out of this. It's it, it is things like social media. I think it's it's people sharing their own lived experiences and sharing stories and shows like yours. Um, that's 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 how you get the information out there and disseminated because. You know the the healthcare professionals, or um, you know anybody else, you know in the government or um, in any of the the agencies, um, you know they're they're useful to a point, um, but then a lot of times you're you're on your own. So it's really just it's it's more of a social solution, I think. Yeah, and I love that it doesn't have to be 
it doesn't have to like storytelling storytelling means it doesn't have to feel educational you know like our show is fun to watch and you will learn some cool and interesting things that are helpful whether you have disability or not but at the end of the day i think it's still it the most effective messages will come across if it's entertaining and fun to watch so we really tried to make that a priority also well it, it is fun to watch and it is really like impactful uh watching watching the participants um it, you know it's hard to not get choked up <laughs> yes i know even i lived it i watched <laughs> i watched it before it aired and i still was like trying to be tough watching it <laughs> I mean, I think for me, the last episode with Ty was the one that really got to me that because, was cool. I mean, here's this kid who's 17, who is growing up in a different world than, than I grew up in, one that is arguably slightly less ableist. I mean, the word ableism, I don't think it existed when I was 17, mm -hmm. no one, you know, um, and this kid has never questioned who he is or his right to be center stage uh he's he's one of the cool kids and uh i just i loved that about ty it's a great episode so have you guys or do you do follow-ups with the people who attend the show or are part of the show um would like formally like for yeah, the like, show or yeah like see how they're doing are they having any issues finding you know resources or accessories adaptive tools have them have them have them back for follow-ups i mean i think we're all sort of in touch on on social media right. um and and seeing uh, melissa is pregnant she's oh, expecting okay. a baby which is very exciting so yeah we're all in touch that way and it's fun to see them share their photos now that mm -hmm. the show is out and to see the reaction from their own communities it's exactly what we wanted to happen nice uh, so how long did it take to, to sort of film that whole first season? Oh, gosh, I think I think we did it in about five or six weeks, um, which is, I mean, I think probably a little bit, I mean, listen, TV is, I'm very new to this world still, but um, we worked on a schedule that was COVID safe and that was accommodating for people with disabilities, uh, which I very much appreciated and needed, you know, because um, those the 12, 14, 16 hour days that you hear about in television are not healthy really for anyone. So, um, but yeah, I think once we got started, things happened pretty quickly. And are you guys working on season two? Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with season two, but I hope that somebody wants to pay for it and make it <laughs> i mean they think you know there's a lot of pressure with six episodes to tell as many stories as possible and to wrap as much diversity as possible there's a million ways to be disabled there are a million ways to be human and so you know it's frustrating for anyone who's part of a marginalized community when there are so few examples there there's more pressure to um to make sure that everyone gets seen and so there are a lot more stories that we need to tell and i really hope we get another season to do that well i think what we need to do is rally our audience we've had david errington on the show president and ceo of ami 
everybody send him an email saying we want to see season two of Fashion Dis. Yeah, no, um, I I support that petition. <laughs> we we do have we have one small request that Ryan. No. <laughs> we think Ryan would look just stunning in a pair of chaps. I mean. I feel like talk to Izzy. I feel like she can make magic happen. She makes dreams come true. We'll be talking to her in May, and I'm sure the I'm sure that'll come up. <laughs> if Liz is on the show, it's going to come up. She's never. Yeah, we're not having this back. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting dumped. Aww. You heard it here first, folks. That's right. No, I I I think that the idea is just so amazing, and um, so. Ardra, when you have a chance, check your email. And um, I actually sent you a photo because I did something similar to what you did a few years ago. Um, I had a, photo a professional photographer take some photos of me with my cane so that I could, you know, use it to promote some of my podcast work also. But it was really important that I had photos where I felt like me, feminine in my way, the way I want to feel, um, and still you know, have my mobility device as as an extension of me. And so, yeah, so I mean, I, I, I it's there's a lot of relatability that I have um, with with what you're doing with the show. I love that you did that. And thank you for sending me the photo. I can't wait to look at it. I, I, I didn't wake up like this. You know, I was kicking my cane out of photos, like hiding it behind walls and just mm -hmm. being like be holding on to friends' arms or, yep. or whatever, mm -hmm. um, because I bought into the, I, and not only that, you know, it took me, I waited too long to even start using mobility aids. I waited until I fell and broke my elbow because there's not a lot of support always from the people around you who who want you to fight, who want you to not give in. And so the the internalized ableism that comes from feeling like these tools diminish us is strong and real. Oh, my God, Queen Very Elizabeth real. won't be seen in a wheelchair um, because she feels like she would be diminished by it. And so, you know, there came a point when I was like, no, like this isn't who I am and I'm not gonna let the world tell me who I am. I'm gonna tell the world who I am and I'm gonna embrace these things. I'm gonna own them. I'm gonna find the best looking ones that I can. And thank God for me that now, especially with walkers, um, stylish ones do <laughs> exist. Um, but you know, they need to exist at, at different price points too. They're not being designed and made in North America. These are European designs and that's a whole nother story. Oh, gosh. Um, but I mean, like our government funding won't uh, fund anything but the like the bare minimum. And so even if the device I use is uh, safer, easier to use, it's lightweight, it's carbon fiber, nobody's going to get funding for it because they can get something cheaper from the government. And so, and there's no innovation, there's no, um, there's, there's not the impetus to design better looking devices for, for mobility aid users. And now I'm on a rant. It's so hard to walk the line of like focusing on all the awesome positive ways that are changing with like the frustration of the things that we still have to bump up against. 
Oh, 100%. Uh, trust yeah. us. We, we go on many rants, uh, <laughs> on and uh, we're, we're used to it. And it is hard. It, it's really, you know, it does feel in ways, you know, one, one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. Yep. You know, we saw one problem and then two more, two more pop up. So, um, and even though we're making progress, we're still not where we need to be. So we still need to keep that fire in our bellies going. Yep. I think, sure. I think, I think we will though. I think this idea of, um, you, it, I think it really starts with having a pride of community. And that is something that has been able to increase exponentially through social media. Also there's strength in numbers and it's easier to advocate for yourself when, when there's community and, and you're advocating for each other. And, and I think like, you know, if I am slamming myself for for using a cane or a wheelchair or a walker, like I would never I would never say that about somebody else. But if I'm saying it about myself, then I am saying it about somebody else. But the opposite is true, too. If I can say, like, look, this can look cool. I'm not just saying it about me. I'm saying it about everyone. I mean, and sometimes making progress, you know, that uncovers more problems but really i mean what else can we do we just got to keep plugging along and uh and solving things as we go yep yep yeah i mean the nice thing is that i think hopefully we're starting to see more rewards yeah 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 and i really do think I, uh, we have i mean we've been doing the show six years and i can tell you that even in the lifetime of of this podcast um things are very different now than they were before um and for the better um in a lot of ways and it gets better every year even heck even even the since the advent of of COVID, I would say that inclusion and and diversity in the workforce, it, it's all getting better. It's all improving. The more corporations are are taking it seriously. And, uh, you know, I think that we just got to hang in there and, and keep pushing and, uh, you know, keep pushing for, for solutions and keep telling stories. Amen. Ardro. We would like to thank you so much for, for stopping by and chatting. Um, you get, you, it's Fashion Disc, it's an amazing show. You guys are doing amazing work. And thank you for all the hard work that, that you've put into it. And best of luck with, with season two. I, I really, really, really hope that it happens. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for your enthusiasm about the show, the response from the community has been just really heartening it's really exciting work and uh yeah it's um it's just a warm and fuzzy thing so thank you very much no problem if there is a season two you have to promise to come back uh, a million percent yes and okay. if, if possible will you share your social media with us where can people find you if they want more yeah, information sure uh, i'm on instagram at ms underscore tripping on air I also write a lippy blog called Tripping on Air. That's at <laughs> trippingonair.com. Way more swearing than what I like restrain myself oh, for it. for this podcast. So. <laughs> I got to start sending out invites saying you do not need to restrain yourself. 
<laughs> That's true. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, and uh, and then, of course, if people are interested in in seeing episodes of Fashion Dis, it's available on AMI. Uh, they can just look up Fashion Dis on on the website, and I think they can stream it. Is that yep. right? Yes, you can stream it now. It's going to be on TV again in, uh, I can't, I think in May, but I'm, I'm not sure of the date and time. But anyway, if you go to AMI, AMI.ca and you can find this, you can find it and, and watch it. Highly recommended. Thank you again so much. And uh, we will see you soon for season two announcement. Ah, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Great show, guys. Um, thank you. And yeah, I will keep listening. Um, yeah, thank you so much. It was really awesome. a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Ardra. Hey, nice to bye. meet you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Nice to you. Bye. Look at that. We got another listener. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Does she get to episode right. three? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we should have asked her. We should have asked her which episode. I wonder if you listened to the shocker episode. Are you going to start quizzing our guests? Maybe when no. they say that, maybe I should, because I would like to know. I'm curious to know that what episode they listened to and then still came on the show. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I do think I need to send the invite out saying, you know, do, you do not have to be filtered. You don't have to filter yourself on our show. We can do any editing that's necessary, but come on and be yourself. Fuck yeah. Sounds Absolutely. good. Absolutely. <laughs> Show us your true identity. You want and to as, curse, we, swear? as we were saying, there once was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did start the show uh, by Ryan wishing that he could just walk around like a goose and poop. <laughs> Think about how his, convenient that his, would in be. In his chaps. If you're in like a sketchy bus station or an airport and oh you're trying God. to find a bathroom, you're just walking around just let it go and just oh, keep going God. in a bus station Continue oh my on God. Your way. people dude it's oh. a goose what what kind if of a goose can do it why can't we why can't you can't can society would you want to live in like where you just have to watch where you're walking what like are you society gonna carry, like, now is it any better you're gonna carry around poop bags for yourself no i'm a goose i'm just gonna <laughs> let it drop let me just tell you I, I i spent many years living in new york city i've seen many a pooping oh, yeah. <laughs> and they were not they were not geese uh, god okay anyways um yeah it's a you know i i i'm a big fan of the show i love the show I've, i'm gonna watch the rest of the episodes watch three now um it is a really good show it. i really yeah. yeah i really highly recommend it you certainly don't have to have a huge interest in fashion uh to enjoy it uh, you know again it's all about it's all about the storytelling. And, you know, it's really funny that she talked about the fact that they don't dwell on the disability at all. Like, mm -hmm. they don't even really tell the, quote, story um, of the participants at all. And it, it's, it, it was really refreshing because I just felt every, as I was watching an episode, I was just like, man, if this was on like a, a mainstream TV network, there would totally be that there'd be like 20 minutes of the person's story with the violins and yes. like you know b-roll footage of them at home and stuff like that they don't none of that shit in this thing it's just like here you are boom here's your situation here's what you want to do here's some of the challenges that that we we have to find something something that's going to work for your particular body type or your situation and boom they do it 
it's a 25 minute episode. It is so refreshing when you, you are watching something that is sort of made by people with disabilities for people with disabilities. It's, it's a much different experience than when you're watching something mainstream. Yeah. Yeah, Rob, you're right. <laughs> ah, leave me hanging. You left me hanging last week, too, you bastards. Now you're just doing it out of spite. We're waiting for the violins. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I really hope there's season two. Uh, I, it's, it's a shame that they don't just greenlight these things. I mean, well, again, gonna... I think it comes down to funding, like she said. But I really think our audience, you know, if they enjoyed the show, have seen the show, or are going to check out the show, send an email show. to AMI and let them know you want to see more. Yeah, what else are you watching? Go watch it right now. That's right. Don't waste your time on Netflix. Hmm. <laughs> uh, or the Oscars. Oh, don't get me started on the Oscars. Oh, <laughs> what's going on with the Oscars and Ryan? What's the matter? I'm a little pissed off that one of my idols, Will Smith, smacked Chris Rock on stage. <laughs> yeah, and that was a little I, surprising. That I was. was waiting for the bubble, papow, <laughs> <Well, laughs> to show up over. Yeah, yeah I'm a little, was, yeah, a little miffed at Mr. Smith for doing that and his yeah. lack of apology. But mm-hmm. Chris no, Rock, he, Chris, he uh, apologized to Chris Rock today. Oh, did he? I didn't see it on Twitter. I don't. I don't. I didn't see that either. I didn't see that. Yeah, I know the LA police asked Chris Rock if they want if he wanted to file charges. He said no. And I heard Will's apology to the academy and everyone else, but yeah, I didn't hear he'd apologize to Chris. Mm -hmm. Good on him for doing so. No, yeah. yeah, Well, a little late now. It is. Yeah. How about how about you apologize to him when like half a million or however many millions of people are watching? Well, Linda was saying that. He, he looked like a crazy man. Like I, there must have been something going on with him because he just didn't look right last night. I'm told. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He looked angry. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, they they take themselves way too seriously. That's part well, of the, the problem. The whole Oscar thing is like them taking themselves way too seriously. Well, I guess he really offended Jada, right? So. Oh, yeah. Take it. Yeah. But uh, that's what yeah. comedians do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but is that is that yes. right? Yes. Well, well, I mean, I, I, I don't think it, it warrants getting physical with them. No, no, it didn't warrant that for sure. Yeah, you didn't like to have to like the joke or even think it was even a good joke. Well, like, well honestly, I should be second. upset because first let's of just all, back up. are we are we really supposed to give him a pass because his wife's got what is it alopecia? Alopecia. Yeah. Okay. So so we're we're he he's making fun of something that is about her that she doesn't particularly like or which is unusual think about the number of jokes that there have been about say stevie wonder mm-hmm. ray yeah. charles yeah thank they're you. joking about their disability yeah thank you and that's okay well that's so, what i'm saying what chris rock did wasn't right well the, you know it isn't right i don't care if he makes a living out of that or not in one in, in one breath we talk about ableism and, and attitudes and the yep. next minute we're saying it's okay no it can't you can't have it both ways yeah. Well, well, but I is it okay that those. everybody who ever gets offended by a joke that our reaction is just take a swing at them? Yeah, no, I don't agree with that either. That's, yeah. I mean, well, that's, I, that's I, where I, I'm coming from. Yeah, I think that it, it that's really what was so shocking about yes, it. Yes, it mean, was mishandled for sure. I mean, and I isn't it that had that happened in a different state? Cause I don't know, I don't know California law from, a, but I mean, they without Chris Rock 
pressing charges or not. In some states, you could have a DA that says, listen, we, we, we witnessed everybody yeah. in the yeah. world saw the assault. You're yep. getting arrested. Right. Yep. Yeah. You don't need to, you know, because there are women who, who oh, are beaten sure. by their husbands and then they say, oh, I don't want to press charges. And the DAs will say, don't worry, we'll do it for you. Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. So he's. So honestly, he's very lucky. Oh, it could still be career ending for sure. I hope so. That was a jerky thing to do. It was absolutely. And really, like it's just you know, comedians are, are there to push buttons. And yeah, maybe it wasn't. It was it, maybe it was out of line or edgy or whatever. Like, but they, you know what? That's what comedians do. They're edgy. Like honestly, like if you want if you want your little award ceremony to be taken super seriously, they don't invite Chris Rock to come and do a like a little set. Uh, and and um, present a, an award like be, well, and I get think somebody the safe. The, I think the bigger story, maybe it, the unfortunate story, is you know we had disability representation win an Oscar, and it was yeah. overshadowed by Will. Completely Harris. overshadowed. Thousand percent, you're right, Ryan. Yeah, that's the real piss off too, right? Absolutely. Coda, Coda won Best Picture, and nobody's talking about best that. Screen, right, the, screenplay, the best screenplay and Best Actor or something. I think it was Best yeah. Supporting Actor. Right. Yeah, went to a Deaf Actor, and yeah, yeah, and yeah we, Supporting Actor because Will Smith ironically won Best right. Actor. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right, Dick. Yeah. So that was unfortunate. Yeah, it was. I just feel bad for like I, what would Chris Rock was like rep, or was was um, presenting. I think the doc, Best Documentary. Uh, award and you know who's gonna ever remember that who won mm-hmm. that one like how would you like to follow follow that yeah but anyways i don't know it just it's just it's all it's ridiculous it's all ridiculous <laughs> hey liz hey rob hey where can people find us we are online at atbanter.com hey they can also drop us an email if they so desire at uh cowbell at atbanter.com. Wow, that was loud. That one hit, was hurt my ears. That was, good, <laughs> that was, that was a goodie. <laughs> and I bet they can hear that ringing all the way over at our accounts on Facebook and Twitter if people want to find us there. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yeah, absolutely. Just for that, you can leave early. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I think that is going to about do it for us this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Big thanks, of course, to Ardra for joining us and we will see everybody next week this podcast has been brought to you by canadian assistive technology providing low vision and blindness solutions across canada find us online at www.canastech.com that's c-a-n-a-s-s-t-e-c-h.com or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324 For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com.